0: In 1912, when the Titanic sailed, everybody called it the unsinkable ship. That was because the Titanic was using some new technology for the day. The new technology was this. Take the hull of the ship and divide it up into different compartments. Rather than it just being one unified integrated hull... It was divided into compartments with the idea that if one of the compartments got damaged or even flooded, the ship would still be floating. But as we know, the Titanic sank and 1,522 people lost their lives in that tragedy. You see, church, when the integrity of the hull was damaged, that ship was doomed. That has been made into a movie a few years ago, and the producer of that movie, Titanic, said, the Titanic is really a metaphor for life. We're all on the Titanic. (laughs) And maybe we are. You know, in many ways, your life is like a ship. You could be sailing along smoothly, and you may think you're just cruising through life, but you know what? If your integrity gets damaged, you're going to sink. If the integrity of your life is breached, You're headed for trouble. You're headed for a major catastrophe in life. Today, most people make a titanic mistake in their life. And what is that titanic mistake? Well, it's when we try to compartmentalize our lives into various segments, and we think we're safe by doing that. So we take our lives and we divide it up into little bite-sized pieces. This is my work life over here and it's neatly compartmentalized. Here is my home life over here. Over here is my social life and oh yeah, I do have a church life. It's back here in its little compartment. As if these things are totally unrelated to each other. People compartmentalize their lives. Even Christians do it, but I'm here to tell you, it is a titanic mistake. We've got that spiritual compartment, which is I pray and I go to church and and I do some kind of ministry. But then over here, here's my secular life where I go to work in a real world. and And I have a real job and I make real money and I do real things. And for a whole lot of people, these compartments never interact with one another. It's a tragedy. I think the reason we do this is because we want to hold conflicting values in our mind. We want to do something and believe something in one place and then do something else and believe something else in another place. And we think that by putting these into compartments like the Titanic's hole, then it's okay. Because if one compartment of my life gets flooded, if one area of my life has a little sin in it, if one area kind of has this questionable activity that I'm allowing in my life, it's going to be okay because I've compartmentalized everything and the whole ship is not going to sink because I've divided my life up into different compartments. Let me do a quick time out and give you the definition of integrity right here. This is what integrity is. Integrity is the quality or state of being complete or undivided or incorruptible. Now, that definition is telling us that we can't compartmentalize our life. Integrity means you can't just say, well, I've got this over here. So I can do this over here. Doesn't work that way. Again, I believe the reason we like to to do that is because we like to say stuff like this. You know what? Family is first in my life. We, We like saying that. But then in reality, we spend all of our time making money at work. And we never see our family. Or we like to say, you know what, I want to go to church and I want to praise God, but I also want to go to movies that blaspheme God. And I don't want these things to get mixed up in my life. I want to obey God in some areas of my life, but I want to ignore God in other areas because, well, quite plainly, God just gets inconvenient. But integrity says you can't do that, man. Integrity says you can't segment your life up. You can't compartmentalize your life. Your life is your life. Ugh. You know what? Y'all are acting just like the people in the nine o'clock service did. Y'all are. Uh, are you with me? All right. and I know. I know this is heavy, but I mean, it's good for us. Okay, it's good for us to hear stuff like this. All right. Because God does want us to be people of integrity. My question now is, why is integrity really important? Why is integrity so important with God? Three reasons. Number one, integrity is important because it pleases God when we live lives of integrity. That's the first reason why you need to live a life of integrity. It pleases God because God is absolute integrity. The Bible says that God cannot lie. The Bible tells us that God is absolute truth. The Bible tells us because God cannot lie and because God is absolute truth, He demands integrity in my life, in my actions, in my words, in my thoughts. My whole life is to be one of honesty and one of integrity. Now, my key verse for today, and you didn't think I was going to even open the Bible, but here it is, all right? My key verse is Proverbs chapter 11, verse 20. I'm going to read several verses today. This is the very first one. I'm reading it out of the New Living Translation. I love this translation. It's this the one I read my daily devotions from. And it, it is fast becoming a, a favorite translation of mine. Proverbs 11, verse 20 out of the NLT says, The Lord detests people with crooked hearts. In other words, God hates people who have crooked hearts. He detests people with crooked hearts, but He delights in those with integrity. God hates people with crooked hearts, but God loves people who have integrity in their heart. God hates deception, but God loves integrity. Why does God hate deception? Because it is the opposite of who He is. Deception devours and destroys and it distorts our hearts. Deception and and not telling the truth and living a life of duplicity keeps us from becoming all that God wants us to be. You know, people today will rationalize dishonesty with a whole lot of different excuses. And I would have to say that the famous excuse that most of us have used is this. What does it matter? You know, what does it matter? Nobody will ever know. You ever thought that? You ever said that to yourself? I can take this little step of dishonesty. What does it matter? Nobody will ever know. I can give in a little here because nobody is ever going to know. I can cheat a little here or sin a little here. What does it matter? Nobody will ever know. God will. God will know. Years ago, I was uh, living in Pine Bluff. This is, this is like 150 years ago when I lived there, it seems like. And uh, they opened a brand new Lowe's store. And uh, right after it opened, I was in the Lowe's store buying some home repair stuff and, and uh, bought a, a, a cart full of stuff, went through the checkout line. A little girl was running the cash register, and we scanned everything, put it in bags. I put the stuff back in the cart, wheeled it out to my truck, which was on the other side of the parking lot, and I was unloading everything. I got all the bags unloaded and noticed... Notice there was a, a, an item still in the cart that was just by itself. It apparently hadn't been scanned. I didn't, hadn't paid for it. and Sure enough, I pulled out my receipt and I checked everything. And, and sure enough, I hadn't paid for that item. It was there. I was, on the, I was on the other side of the parking lot. All my other stuff was already loaded. You know, I don't roll that way. And so I rolled the cart back in and stopped at the the manager's desk there and and pulled that little item out and said, you know, I just went through the line and and, uh, this this item didn't get uh, scanned. And so I came back in from the parking lot to pay for it. Now, guys, listen, I'm not telling you that story for you to pat me on the back and say, way to go, preacher. That's not the point of the story. The point of my story was her response. She said, you got to be kidding me. You mean to tell me that you were already out in the parking lot and you had that item in your cart? You could have put it in your truck and left and not paid for it, but you brought it back in to pay for you gotta be kidding me. That was her response. That's what I was amazed at. It's her response. You know, apparently, there, there are not very many honest people in our world today. Hmm? You know? But integrity says, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing because even if nobody knows, God will know. And He's the only audience that you need to care about, church. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. That is, God is watching every move of your life. If no one ever finds out, you need to live with integrity because God knows. And God insists on it. And God is watching You know what? It pleases God when we do the right thing. It pleases God when we live with integrity. In fact, the Bible says God delights in integrity. So why should I live with integrity? Number one, it pleases God. Number two, it affects others. It affects the people around you, whether you live with integrity or live with a lack of it. It is going to influence and affect the people around you. In the first place, you're going to affect people in your own home. Did you know that? Proverbs 20, verse 7. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. D- do you want to be a blessing to your kids and grandkids? Raise your hand if you do. Do you want to be a blessing to your family? All right. Then this verse tells us in order to do that, you have to live a life of integrity. This verse in the Living Bible says it is a wonderful heritage. To have an honest father. Wow, man. Isn't that great? I may not give my kids any, I may not leave much of a heritage, but I want to leave that heritage. That, you know what, Oh, dad? He was an honest guy. He was a man of integrity. Reminds me of the two brothers that grew up in a small town and they were just, they were wicked, they were bad, they were, they were mean. Have you ever heard the term there as mean as a skunk? Hey, these two brothers were, I mean, they were into everything. They were bad guys. They, they grew up, had families, and then one of them died. And I think the, the real story is the, the living brother went to the preacher and said, listen, you're going to do the funeral of my, my brother, and I'll give $1,000 to your church if you say something good about him. Well, the preacher didn't know anything good about this bad brother, but he thought, you know, a $1,000 sure would help the church out. And so he got up there and, and started preaching the funeral message. And he said, you know, I haven't been able to think of, of anything good about this guy because he, he was a dirty, rotten sinner. He was good for nothing. He was the town drunk. He abused his wife. He was bad to his kids. You couldn't trust a single word. He's just a bad guy. But compared to his brother, he was a saint. That's not the heritage you want to leave you know, for your kids, guys, I'm telling you. Not only does your integrity affect people in your family, it, it affects our society. It affects the people you work with. Your integrity affects the world around you. Proverbs 11:11 says, The influence of good people makes a great city. How do you have a great city? Well, you've got great people living in the city. Proverbs 14.34 says, Godliness makes a nation great. Well, I'm here to tell you our country is desperate for people of integrity, for men and women of integrity who live their lives the way God intends us to live life. And when we do that, we will have an influence in our world. And you know what? If you want to be a real witness for Jesus... And influence unsaved people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. You must live a life of integrity, because you know they're watching you. And if you say one thing and then do another thing, if you live a life of duplicity, your witness is going to be ruined. So integrity affects people. Integrity pleases God, and then number three, integrity blesses me. It blesses me. The Bible gives us dozens of benefits for living with integrity. One is life is easier and even goes smoother when you live with integrity. Let me read to you Proverbs chapter 11, 5, and 6 out of Jason's favorite translation. The message paraphrase. This is how he translates it. Moral character makes for smooth traveling. An evil life is a hard life. Good character is the best insurance. Wow, that's pretty cool. Life is going to go smoother if you maintain integrity throughout your life. It was Mark Twain who said this about, about doing this. He said, one of the things about integrity is you don't have to have a long memory. Yeah. In other words, he was saying you don't have to remember what you said to whom. But you know what, if you're going around town lying all the time and telling one group of people one thing and another group of people something totally different or talking bad about somebody behind their back and then when you're in their face you're saying something good about them, if that's the way you live life and that's the way you do things, sooner or later you're going to get yourself into trouble because you're going to forget what you said. To who? He says with integrity you don't have to have a good memory because you've always known that you're going to tell the truth and the truth doesn't change. Notice it says a, a good character is the best insurance. The best insurance policy is called get this, Integrity Life. I thought I thought that was pretty good, y'all don't want Integrity get it, Integrity I read a study this past week that there's numerous medical uh, studies and evidence done that people with integrity and moral character live healthier and live longer lives. Hmm. It's the best insurance policy that you can have Huh? when you do the right thing. Why is integrity important? It pleases God, it affects others, and it blesses me. Now I'm going to finish by, by talking to you about how to live with integrity. How can you live a life of integrity? I think you do it by doing three things. Number one, by always speaking the truth. I live with integrity when I always speak the truth. Proverbs 12, out of the Good News Translation says, The Lord hates liars, but is pleased with those who keep their word. So let me ask you, do you keep your word? Do you keep your promises? The Bible says that God loves people who keep their word. Now, if you don't know how to keep your word, you're not going to have very many great relationships. Why? Well, integrity is the basis of all great relationships because truth and trust go together. Did you get that? Truth and trust go together. You don't have one without the other. If I don't tell you the truth, you're not going to trust me, are you? And if you don't trust me, we're not going to have a very good relationship. One more time, the message, Proverbs 4.24. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. That's why I love the message, man. It, It just tells it to you, doesn't it? These are things that the person of integrity does not do. You don't gossip. Are you you with me here? I mean, if you're going to live a life of integrity, you're not going to gossip about other people. Period. You don't tell white lies or any other kind of lies. You don't do careless bantering. Blah, blah, blah. Teasing other people, you don't do that. And then here's the fourth one. You don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. That means you say one thing to this person and another thing to that person. You don't do it. You know, we got a word for that. It's called hypocrisy. The word hypocrisy is an unusual word. It really came from the Greek theater. It was a term used to describe a particular actor in the Greek theater an actor would come on stage and he would he would be behind a mask he would have a mask and he would act out one part and then he would run backstage and change mask and he would come back and play another part and then he'd go backstage and get another mask and he could come out and he could play another part one actor could play various roles by changing his mask and they called that person a hypocrite There are some churches, I shouldn't say that. You know, here's the deal, guys. If you're going to live with integrity, you're always going to speak the truth. You don't live a life of duplicity and say one thing here and another thing there. Even when it's inconvenient, even when you don't want to, even when it's a difficult situation, you always speak the truth. Why? Because integrity demands it. But there's more to integrity than simply speaking the truth. Number two, how do I live with integrity? I always stand for what is right. Hmm? Standing is often more than just speaking up. It it, it involves action. 2 Corinthians 13.8 says, Our responsibility is never to oppose the truth, but to stand for the truth at all times. You know, we, we really don't have many people today Interested in standing for the truth. That's sad to say, but that is the truth, isn't it? Now, a lot of people are interested in standing for their rights. In fact, we have become a nation that is obsessed with personal rights. I have my rights. In fact, every day the courts are inventing all kinds of new rights and new laws. Has it ever occurred to anybody that wherever there are rights, there must also be wrongs? That's the one thing nobody wants to admit today. No one in our society wants to admit that anything is bad. We don't want to admit that anything is wrong. Well, well, that's okay for you because this is okay for me. No. Wrong is wrong. Okay, Wrong is wrong. And if you're going to be a person of integrity, there will be times in your life when you have to stand up and speak the truth and point out that, no, that's wrong. We don't do that because it's wrong. Now, let me tell you, you don't do it with a mean spirit. You don't do it in anger. You don't do it out of hatred. The Bible says we are to speak the truth in in love. But if you're going to be a person of integrity, let me tell you, there will be times in your life when you're talking to someone else or a group of people or you're pressed into a situation and you have to stand up for the truth. Okay? You're going to have to stand up and say something like this, for example. You know what? Sex outside of marriage is wrong. Period. I don't care what the circumstances are. God has told us in the Bible it's wrong. Period. It's wrong. It's wrong. There may be times when you have to say, I don't care what our court system says, homosexuality is wrong. The Bible says it's wrong. There may be times when you have to say, you know what? Profanity, pornography, abortion, it's wrong. Why? Because integrity demands that you take a stand. In fact, here's the deal. Listen to me very closely. If you know the truth, And you don't stand for the truth. Or you don't speak the truth. Do you know what you've just done? You've sinned. James 4.17 When a person knows the right thing to do but doesn't do it, then he is sinning. Hmm. I think it's really important for us to remember the old quote that says, All that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Hmm. So you know what? I always speak the truth. I always stand for the truth, no matter what. And then number three, I remain clean. I stay pure. Keep your mind, your body, your motives pure. Philippians 2.15, you're to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world full of crooked and perverse people. Let your lives shine brightly before them. So God tells me, you know what, Will, you, you need to live a pure life, a holy life, a clean life. Now, guys, let me tell you, I know all the excuses because I've either heard them or said them myself. I know this excuse. Well, you know what? That, that really isn't going to affect me that much. I mean, really, dude, I can read that book or I can read that magazine or I can go to that movie even though it's questionable. And even though there's some raunchy stuff in it, it's okay. I can view that. I can see that. I can read that. I can watch that because what I'm doing is I'm going to put all of that into the entertainment compartment of my life. How many times do we justify or rationalize our sins? I mean, are, are you rationalizing things in your life by saying, Hey, dude, it's no big deal. Have, have you ever said that to you? it's no big deal, man, I can handle this. Rationalizing is telling your mind what your heart knows is wrong. It's saying with your mind something is right when really deep inside in your heart you know it's wrong. You're saying, hey, it's no big deal, it's just a small sin. On top of that, I've got it compartmentalized over here at the, the real rear hole of my ship. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. Really, the question becomes this. How big a hole does it take to sink a boat? Really, tell me, How big of a hole does it take to sink a boat? Do, do you have to have a big five-foot hole? Or could it be a two inch hole? Or maybe just a half an inch hole? I don't know. A hole is a hole, is a hole. And a hole in the boat is a hole in the boat. And it's going to sink the ship. I've been in a few boats that uh, either it had a hole in it or the plug wasn't put in when you left the tank, you know. <laughs> And it doesn't take very long, man. I told the first service people I spent the the summers growing up. We'd go to the Harmon family reunion at Brownwood Lake in, in Brownwood, Texas. Man, it was a hoot. It, I've got so many funny stories about uh, going to Brownwood Lake. We'd, there there were all the whole family, all all of my my dad's brothers and sisters. There were seven of them. Their families, their kids. We would live in this dormitory like place for for two weeks. And I mean. You talk about going crazy. You would go crazy with all these people. Anyway, that's another story i to say. I grew up doing that, and when I became a teenager, we were still doing it. And so I was with my two cousins, Jimmy Clyde and, and, uh, and Keith. And, and so we, we took one of my, my uncle's boats out on the lake, and it was just a little wooden boat. And we were out on the lake having a good time, three big old boys in this little bitty boat. And to this day, I don't know how it happened. But one of us put a hole in that boat. Let me tell you, a hole is a hole is a hole. And it is just a matter of time. We're not talking about if the boat is going to sink or not. We're talking about when it's going to sink. And church, listen to me. Just a small sin, just a small indulgence is going to sink your ship eventually. So here's the bottom line. If you want to become a person of integrity, you've got to care about the small things in your life. I mean, you have to care about the things in your private life that nobody sees. You have to care about those small details that are really important. Because here's what integrity is integrity is what you are when nobody else is looking. Integrity is what you are in the dark. It's your character. That's integrity. And so my challenge for you today is that you commit to becoming a person of integrity... ...in what the Bible calls a crooked and perverse generation... ...among whom you may shine as lights in a dark world. And I guarantee you, church, if you live with integrity... You're going to shine against the dark that is going on in our society today. America is desperately in need of men and women, boys and girls and teenagers of integrity. Whether they're at work or at school, in our government and in our churches. There is a crying, desperate need for integrity. Without that, the foundations are going to crumble. So let me ask you, and here's here's where I want you to respond. So wake up, all right? Respond to these four questions, either verbally or with you, and whatever you want to respond, do do respond. Do you really want to please God with your life? Okay, respond, wake up. Do you want to please God with your life? Do you want to influence other people for good? How about this? Do you want to make a difference in our world with your life? Yes. Do you want God's blessing on your life? Yes. Then commit to being a person of integrity. How do you do that? One last verse. 2 Peter 1.3 God's divine power gives us everything we need for life and godliness. Okay, You can't live life and... Live it godly without God's power. But He gives you that power. This power was given to us through knowing Jesus who called us by His own glory and integrity. So if you want to live a life of integrity, you need to get Jesus in your heart. Maybe you need to come and and pray this prayer at the altar today. Jesus Christ, I want you to come into my life. Clear out the garbage. Do the job in my heart that needs to be done to build my character. Lord, I pray that you give me a fresh start. Because from here on out, Father, I want to be a person of integrity. Would you bow your heads? If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you're not born again, you're not a Christian, I invite you to come this morning and receive Christ. Receive God's gift of salvation. We'll help you do that if you come and and want to be saved. For the rest of us who are here, would you really commit this morning to being the person of integrity that God has called you to be? Our world needs to change. It can only change when people get better. That happens one person at a time. When on a day like today, you decide, you know what? I'm going to quit playing games. I'm going to quit all this titanic nonsense of trying to compartmentalize my, my life and, and divide God from everything else. No, Lord, today I want to make you Lord of my life. You're God of everything. I submit to you. Would you come and pray that prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, help my friends who need to respond to come and pray. Lord, for the rest of us who just need to come and and just pray a simple prayer, asking for your help in raising our family or doing life or or whatever the need might be, help us to come today and pray. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for these people. Please speak speak to their hearts. Let them know that you love them, that you've called them to a life of integrity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Praise teams again.